Welcome to episode uh, 413 of Sonic Talk, uh, the music technology podcast. Uh, we talk about all things to do with uh, software, electronic music instruments, all kinds of stuff. All the things that you would hope to do have to do with music technology, the surrounding technologies, playing live, any kind of thing that you like. And uh, you can subscribe to us uh, via YouTube. Sonic State uh, is our YouTube channel. Uh, we thoroughly appreciate it. We did get over... 100,000 recently. We got the play button to prove it, but uh, so we've still got a little way to go to the next milestone, which I think is a million. So, uh, yeah, if there are a million people, potential Sonic State fans out there, then subscribe like crazy. Anyway, I um, want to say thank you to Isotope for uh, providing the show prize this week. Uh, you'll be able to win a copy of Ozone 8. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. And uh, I just want to say hello to our first and only guest. Oops, wrong button. Gaz Williams. Gaz Williams, got me. Bass player, producer, music technologist, nut eater. <laughs> ah, uh, no, it's terrible. I'm still picking out the bits. So I apologise for that. <laughs> How are you, Gaz? <laughs> yeah, good. Thanks. I'm really self-conscious now. I've got all bits. No, nah, you can't see a thing. Your video is looking good. Though. <laughs> oh, well, I spelled my moustache a little bit longer. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Thanks. Um, yeah. Thanks to everybody who checked out the Asteroid Deluxe album, The Lawn. I saw a big spike last week after talking about it, so I was ever so grateful. So thank you. And quite a bunch of you have already bought it, uh, the vinyl copy, which is uh, super nice. So we're very pleased about that. Thank you. Always good when you do something mm. people actually want it. Because <laughs> yeah. The- one gets uh, this is both the, the blessing and the curse of the new digital age as well and i guess you've done a physical thing but it's so easy to do self-release and you don't have to wait for the record company to line up and everything you just do it yeah and then you have to wait and see what happens don't you which can be yeah and uh, you know and we like in our case we've we've made the um the release on Bandcamp and only Bandcamp and made the conscious decision not to put it on uh, all the streaming services, you know, just not to make it available anywhere else. Bandcamp offers the best um, royalty rate, doesn't it? Bandcamp takes what um, 15% as opposed to iTunes will take 30%. And just make the make the people come to you and use the platform that you want to use and, uh, you know, and don't play the game you know and i am making a bit of a statement against the streaming sites as well a little bit just sort of uh this sense of entitlement people have and just sort of think well no you go you can go to Bandcamp, check it out you know probably most of you won't like it some of you will like it then just yeah, no, you know, I mean, and the, the, as we've seen in the past, the royalty rates for artists is just, uh, you know, they're just non-existent, are they? They're, they're really low, well, they, so it's very hard to but achieve I mean, anything. why doesn't... I just don't understand why why just everyone just, just, just doesn't use Bandcamp, though. I mean, you can do, your, you know, you can sell your merchandise through Bandcamp. We're selling our LPs through Bandcamp. And um, there's a new app that's just come out, like, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Bandcamp app for artists, so you can... Um, keeping you know you can keep a you can look at all the different metrics and various bits and bobs and uh uh from your from your phones and stuff and it just, and it just occurred to me the other day i was just thinking what more does any musician need for getting the music the music out there and and um yeah i'm just it just it just seems to be the perfect solution i don't understand why anyone would use any other system really yeah, no, uh, I must. I put my stuff up on there as well, and it's you know occasionally nice to you get notifications. Uh, someone spent another seventy five pence, you know. But, it's... <laughs> <laughs> but um, the way the merch side of things works is quite interesting, though, as well. And this is I've only just discovered this from doing this particular release, and uh, that's that um, any of the royalties paid are uh, not the you know the 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 rates that you pay to Bandcamp through your say sell sales of um merch uh i just subtracted from future digital sales that's how it if that makes sense that's how i think how they do it yeah so it means you know if you sell some vinyl uh and then they don't take the royalty of that until someone has bought a download and then they'll take what's owed from next digital sale yeah that's neat yes so I mean, 
Yeah. I, again, I was just going through we should, all We of should the get them as a sponsor, options. shouldn't we? They, they should be sponsoring <laughs> this show. I reckon. Well, uh, <laughs> well it's, uh, but I mean, you know, I know I'm going on a little bit about it because I've been immersing myself with it in the last few weeks. But it, it was just striking me as just that there is no better solution for musicians ever in the entirety of the music industry than Bandcamp. So. Yeah, I know. I, I would. Could I would be wrong. I think it's a good, a good <laughs> system. I, I should also point out. I, I'm not only have I got the Lyra Eight, which is over there. That's the actual shot Woo-hoo. of it live. I've also, <laughs> but I've also got uh, the SHO1A boutique. Uh, I know you're looking mm. at some of the other boutiques, but I have to say, yeah, this thing really does sound pretty good. Um, it seems like the. Uh, it feels like if I just. It's got all of the characteristics of the SHO one. Really nice sort of low, thick basses and snappy kind of envelopes and filters. And uh, I'll be looking at that soon. But as a as a uh, form factor, it seems to really make the most. Oops, that's the shot I want. Makes the most sense as a boutique for. I don't feel that the the short faders are a hindrance in this one, which is weird mm. because they are short and there's no denial. But it somehow it feels about right. It's interesting. So I can yeah. recommend. I'm looking forward to checking that out. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've been playing with the. Am I allowed to say? What the others? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course you can. Um, so I've been having a bit of an odyssey with the um, the Do Five, uh, and I mean one of the things that's super impressive, I think, with all of the boutique range is the way that they've slavishly copied the operating um, system, and you know the way that you interact with it is identical to the uh to the original devices um in you know flaws and all and and i think that's what's quite interesting with the the do5 it's got exactly the same menu diving um <laughs> this sort of method of, of of doing stuff which is quite laborious although there are some shortcuts i'd be keen to find out what the other shortcuts are if there are any hidden ones ah and i have got a question this is something i was wondering about so on the the D fifty the uh, rather than there being an ADSR envelope, it's like it's more like an ADADSR. Yeah, it's a, it was one of the first multi stage so envelopes, I think. If I remember yeah, correctly. so they called it the 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 uh, time variable envelope, and uh, so you know you've got T ones to five for the different times of the different areas, and then you've got the levels for the different uh, the different ones too. And I was wondering what was the reason that this happened why did uh why did roland adopt this type of envelope because i mean it it does mean that quick edits you just have to kind of remember what's what i mean helpfully there's a little graphic on the front which has got the different has got the picture of the envelope with the different um numbers on to show you where you are within it but i was just wondering what the logic behind that sort of you know Attack, decay, attack, decay, sustain, release. Um, I think I think it, it was purely to give you kind of more control, so you could have envelopes. Because usually, you know, up until then, or most envelopes would just be a two-phase while key on. Whereas that way, you can do a kind of have a, a second rise or a second level of phase, so you get more dynamic articulation. I suppose is the kind hmm. of concept behind it. But uh, I well, I was wondering if it was something to do with the way that. Um, because the D50 has got these like very small samples in there, hasn't it? The PCM yeah. samples, uh, and like you know, when you're playing with some of the string, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I play with some of the string parts. It just uses just the front, and I was wondering if that envelope was, uh, you know, able mm, I don't know. To I'm not. I'm not sure as the answer of that, uh, but mm. I think it gives you, as I say, finer control of the partials as. Uh, it's been said in the chat room, uh, which I think was Create oh, cool. Music Here uh, said that. Uh, hello to the chat room. That's the YouTube chat. Oh, get into the chat room. <laughs> Sonic State Live. And also we've got our own IRC chat, uh, which is uh, sonicstate.com live. All the coordinates are there, so uh, you should be able to find it. If you just go to sonicstate.com live and, you know, that gets you to mm. where you need to go. So there's a few things, I suppose. I mean, did you get mm. a chance? Uh, there, was a, there was a certain release today, which I know you were going to have a mm. look at. I don't know. Uh, we could perhaps yeah. comment about it. Maybe we should start with that because it's actually pretty big news, isn't it? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, good. I mean, uh, we're talking about um, Cubase. Cubase nine point five dropped today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I always let me get... let me hit let me hit a, 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 a video first. I think I've got one here cool, lined cool. up. What number is it? I probably haven't actually. Welcome to Cubase Pro nine point <laughs> five. 
This release sees Steinberg carry on with the tradition of adding features that are heavily requested by our many users. And as usual, we've thrown in a few Steinberg surprises and we continue with the ongoing work to bring you streamlined workflow and greater performance. Let's go take a look. In Cubase Pro 9, we reconfigured the zones in the project window, making it easier for you to get access to important functionality. In 9.5, the control room has been implemented into the right zone. Now we can quickly give performers whatever they need during the recording process. You also have instant access to talkback and monitoring cues. Cubase 9 saw the introduction of the mix console in the lower zone. Now we've also got a meter tab in the right zone. You can produce with confidence in the project window with access to track metering in the lower zone and master and loudness metering in the right zone. Feedback from producers on the implementation of the sampler track in Cubase 9 has been phenomenal. But the word is you want instant access to your external sounds. So we've given you a file browser button in the media bay tab. Now you can take your time searching for sounds and previewing them inside of the media bay. I won't play the whole thing, as I want to say. I expect someone will take a drink at me saying that because it's quite long. Mm -hmm. But is, there are a lot of features. I mean, some of the highlights, mm. I think the, 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 the one of the big things is the, well, a 64-bit mix engine, you know. So now their internal plugins are 64-bit ready. So I, I guess that could make quite a big overall difference. I mean, it's pretty much under the hood. You might not notice it so much unless you're producing stuff that is extremely dynamic and extremely detailed. Um, but you've got that. You've also got this a new automation stuff. You've had a brief look up, uh, about the place. Do you? What's what are you most excited about? Because you're a regular user, right? Yeah, I am, uh, and uh, I've been around, tried everything, and come back to keep coming back to Cubase. And I've always really enjoyed these updates because um, they tend to always have workflow enhancements as well as you know rather than just it being new content as such there's always like kind of workflow developments so one of the things um that i was quite keen to look at i noticed it was also included in the new um new endo update is this uh offline processing aspect oh yeah now. so you just kind of right clip on a on a fragment of audio and process it in place right yeah and i mean that feature was kind of always there anyway with the offline processing history as it was called so it's had a bit of a makeover really and a slightly different name change but essentially the features were there before uh so i was very keen to to look at that but uh it still has the same problem that that other one has which is oh, no. when you want to preview them yeah when you want to preview the material you've got a play button uh, unless i'm missing something you have to start the audio file from the start and you can't skip to a little bit so um which i was thinking you see that this was going to really increase the mastering capabilities of cubase because what we've seen in version 9 was um a few things like being able to sort of bounce out individual regions things that are useful in the mastering process and i know that one of the things that's come in 9.5 are loads of, sort of channel strip presets specifically aimed for mastering so uh cubase steinberg are definitely trying to sort of um, make um cubase maybe a little bit more mastering friendly but um but like you know as anyone knows when you're mastering you want to sort of jump around the uh the file you know the the area and try see how the settings work in the different areas but it seems like it's only restricted to just playing from the start again and now i might be wrong about that it's early days but uh that that was always the the workflow hindrance of the previous uh application of that so we'll have to see about that but um otherwise uh it's funny there are a bunch of things and we were talking about this with ableton live 10 last week in that um some of the new features are essentially features which are just bringing it in line with existing uh, DAWs. Uh, so Cubase, for instance, gets the thing that Ableton Live had, I think, almost from the beginning, which is um, a variable quantize depending on the zoom. So, you know, the more you zoom in, the more kind of grid lines appear and therefore you know without having to change the quantize settings, you just change the zoom settings. So it's, a, you know, now when you use Ableton Live, that just seems just like a perfect implementation. So it's now finally made it to Cubase. Um, but, you know, you know, these sort of developments, they, they, they don't seem particularly exciting, but in the, in, from a, 
anything that makes the workflow that much smoother is, uh, you know, especially when, I mean, I sort of spend like weeks on end in Cubase. So any workflow things, it might mean I might get a couple more days at the end, at my end of life, you know, just from that, that zoom feature <laughs> um just if it, it all adds up doesn't it you know all these little time saves oh i see you th um, you, you, the amount of hours you could have saved by uh, if that had been implemented earlier <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah thank you steinberg for a few extra days i'm gonna live it's, longer it, the now. other thing that the other thing that's in i mean i was thinking back to this you know i mean i used cubase uh on atari when it was just a midi sequencer and that was and that was released in 1989 so we're talking you mm. know what's that that's uh, 11 um that's 20 that's 28 years that this mm. DAWs I mean I can't I can't wow. think of many other DAWs that have been in existence this long I don't even think Pro Tools has been that long and that is no that is an astonishing legacy isn't it and and you know they dip and they mm. they ebb and flow don't they because they were the innovators then they tail back mm -hmm. a bit and then recently again they've started to kind of really innovate particularly as you say into the area of workflow right Yes, and this also brings me on to another point, which is what we've been seeing now. I think we're in maybe the the third iteration of this happening. That that the point five release uh, is a paid for upgrade, and this is like a a yearly upgrade now. So next year, around this this time next year, I would expect um, Cubase ten will come out, and then the following year. 10.5 that seems to now be the pattern for the past few years um and this contrasts quite sort of significantly with um ableton live as we were mentioning it was like four and a half years before paid uh upgrades so it's um so people can be a little bit uh you know grumbly about paying for the 0.5 upgrade uh, if you choose not to do that and go decide to go from say version uh you know, eight to version nine or version nine to version ten, and skip the uh, uh, the point five upgrade. You you obviously get all of the point five um, enhancements, but uh, there's a slight difference in price, so it does work out cheaper to always maintain the the upgrades on um, on a yearly basis. So it sort of makes it a little bit like the subscription model, but yeah, it's just a different way. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, it seems like they need to get a certain amount of revenue every year just to keep them sort of turning over. But uh, unlike the the uh, subscription uh, model, though, if you choose not to keep paying for it, you still own the software. Um, yeah. So I feel very uncomfortable about the subscription model getting everywhere. I would much rather this model that Steinberg are doing than a subscription model personally. Yeah, and the same for Ableton as well. But anyway, um, uh, mm. it's available now. I'm not entirely sure what the upgrade pricing is. I was looking for it by Cubase. Let's see what it says here. Oh, it took a while to load. So let's just see what the uh, uh, Cubase Pro. So update from nine. What would that cost? Da 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 da. Fifty quid. I mean, that's not mm. an excessive amount, is it? Really? For uh, uh, no. although nine was a year ago, so I suppose. Fifty quid a year mm -hmm. is, you know, is is still going to be cheaper than a subscription model, but yeah, available yeah, now. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know, we'll we'll probably have a closer look at it at some point once because uh, we definitely only, only just got it today, right? I, I mean, I literally got it uh, like about about forty minutes ago. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff there that definitely warrants a deeper look at it. Yeah, for sure. I always, always, I mean, on a side note, it always amazes me how companies that, that, you know, that are releasing something like this, I mean, presumably it's a fairly decent download, how they actually manage to sort of provide all of that. I guess it must be just cloud storage and the infinite bandwidth of sort of stuff like storing things on Amazon, whatever. But I mean, back in the old days, you know, it would have been, you know, we don't remember when Spectrasonics announced uh, uh, version two uh, of, uh, gosh, what was the software? God. Omnisphere. Omnisphere, you know, it just, this whole site just went down. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> offline. And, you know, mm. scaling for that sort of thing must be quite uh, quite challenging, I'd imagine, but something for the IT consultants and perhaps uh, IT talk rather than sort of talk. Uh, slight improvement, though, this year with Steinberg is that you download a little, uh, like, loader. Um, so you install that little loader and then it can... It's like a sort of installation manager that I think that might be new. Uh, 
and it, you can pause the download and things like that. So, you know, that might negate some of the frustration of getting, you know, I've had that before with some of these uh, upgrades, you know, you get so, ah, oh, then it fails for whatever reason. Ah, so, so it can resume and just do it, won't hmm. you? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. Right, uh, yeah, available at steinberg.net. Go and check it out. I mean, if you're a Cubase user, I mean, it seems to me that some hmm. people, you know, eventually, I wonder at what point, you know, you have to get the feature, you know, what that killer feature is that would make you go, mm-hmm. I'm going to jump doors. Because as we've talked a lot of times, you know, either you're a professional yeah. user and you're unlikely to have the time to invest in learning a new door, or you're maybe a more casual mm-hmm. user and you're still trying to find what it is that you want to spend all your working time in it, or you use multiple things. So it's quite, I guess it serves lots of different yeah. people different ways. It's, and Cubase is a particularly complicated door as it, as it goes, you know, certainly in comparison to something like Ableton live however when you're working on really big projects you know 100 tracks and lots and lots of automations and lots and lots of stuff going on that's where it really is something special oh yeah bezier curves we were talking about them weren't we? oh yeah last lots week. of extra automation but, stuff as well right yeah so the automation stuff looks really super now in 9.5 you know um it was always a bit fiddly having to click on the line sometimes would mean that you would make a little fader move that you didn't want and now you just hover the mouse above it and just and then you can yeah you can put all of those nice bezier curves in as well so uh again something that maybe other doors have had uh and but actually i I gotta say in conjunction with some of the other more automation stuff that's already in cubase like being able to do automation trim you can just sort of define a little region using the the range control and then you can just you can just trim just amplify the, 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 the whole thing that is so useful yeah yeah it's super yes so useful that kind of stuff right um the, let's let's get on to this is interesting i don't know if you Oh, was it this one? I'm not sure if it was this one. No, it's not this one. It's this one. No, no. <laughs> I beg your pardon. This is uh, Eternal. It's a new flanger by Cinevibes, which is a, called a Barberpop flanger, which is like an optical illusion. It all goes in one direction continuously by the use of, uh, I think it's three stereo flangers. I'm hearing some rotation on that, but... Some nice things in here, actually, I must say. If you're after that particularly psychedelic or bubbly or, you know, airy vibe, this can do a number of the different ones. It's only, what is it, it's uh, 20 euros, I think, or 20 bucks. It's pretty cheap. AU only, unfortunately. But it's interesting to see... It's interesting to see such a single kind of effect-type plug-in because... uh, um, as we've seen, um, this this got me thinking about another topic, uh, which maybe we'll go. On. So, uh, first of all, Gaz, got much need for flanges in your life? <laughs> um, yes, <laughs> uh, but actually, I mean, last week at the top of the show, I was talking to Rich Hilton about the this gentle giant new new version of the original material from nineteen seventy, and there's uh, there's a tune that's got this. Um, I think it's called nothing at all from 1970 and it's got this ridiculous big drum solo in it that's just got this really bizarre avant-garde piano over it and in surround sound it's kind of swooshing around your head but the reason why i mention it is uh, i think it was a tony visconti production actually and oh, he's great. he does that flange that and it's all it's like tape flanging um obviously where the effect is from uh, and, and, and putting this big drum solo through this, you know, really kind of in, intense flange effect. And I was listening to it thinking about um, how you could achieve a similar thing um, like today. And funny enough, when you posted this, I thought, ah, <laughs> you could probably do that with this. You know, I don't know if it does those... surround or anything. I'm not sure if it does. Oh, no, no. Well, I mean, you could do that with your door, though, couldn't you? You could just um, pa- pan. You could pan the affected sound around uh, for those for those really important moments when you need to do surround sound panning of a drum solo. Which is flange. occasionally. Uh, Lady Aptitude in the, in the <laughs> chat room says a shepherd tone flanger. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same principle. Uh, the the kind of constantly ascending. <laughs> it's the same principle. Um, but what got me going about this, it wasn't necessarily this particular plugin, but it made me start thinking a little bit about, you know, effects process- processing used to be a relatively simple affair, didn't it? You know, if you had a mixer, mm. you might have 
big reverb, short reverb, a couple of delays. And now, obviously, with uh, multi-effects and with um, uh, plugins and what have you, it seems like sort of looking almost for these effects to provide these other what these sounds that are just uh, harder to achieve, much in the same way that we do with synthesizer instruments, something that is a sound that is unique. And you know, this level of complexity that we're kind of looking for is, it, it is very different in effects. And that that's seemed to be sort of quite gradual. I guess it's down to DSP and people can do all sorts of crazy stuff with it. I mean, are you... Uh, and quite often, when we when we uh, mention a plugin, you know, it's usually do something really kind of fancy and really unusual. I mean, do you find that you're do you use, you know, these complex kind of uh, algorithmic plug plugins for effects processing, or do you still stick to the sort of basics and just make sure they sound really good, or both, presumably? Mm, probably a bit of both, but I mean, maybe more these days, simpler and simpler. I mean. Um huge fan of the effects rack in sound toys five speaking of sound toys actually that they're offering a free plate reverb at the moment until the 22nd of november uh the downside is you need to have an iLock account but you can have uh it, yeah, you, you can tie the iLock account no it could be a, a virtual one tied oh, yeah. to your motherboard um that's it little place that, sounds really good apparently this yeah Oh, God, I love it. I mean, I've used it on some stuff already, and I think it is amazing. It's free, but it's time-limited. And uh, as we mentioned as well in the past, uh, when you get a free... Take a, a advantage of these free offers from Sound Toys, it, it qualifies as a, a proper product in your account. So um, when they offer, like, discounts through to the, the, the big bundle, you know, it, it, it counts as always if you've already bought one. So... It's an uh, extra yes, bonus. Right. Yeah, we, that's you know. true. That's worth mentioning. But I mean, in terms of, general, I mean, I'm trying to think. The last plugin I probably bought uh, was the, uh, apart from this actually, which was a free download. Mm -hmm. I bought the Valhalla Shimmer just because that's you know a thing mm. that I like to do, and it, that that does something unique mm. and is kind of special. And it's a combination of effects that you would have had to make, you know, mul with multiple processes and feedback loops and yeah. all sorts of stuff, right? Well, again, the Sound Toys Five one is is great for that because you can feed the output of the rack back into the top a little bit of it to create your own sort of feedback loops within the software and and just like the kind of the the phasey is it called the phase mistress or something the that's in the sound toys bundle uh really has that 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 evocative sound um so i'd really recommend that actually for for that this type of you know well it's quite complex but simple. They, they, the sound toys are Well, it's totally quite... recall, recallable, isn't it? That's the it's thing, totally recallable. They make a relatively simple front end, and then there's usually little buttons that you can open up more functionality should you wish to go deeper with them, which, which is cool. Um, but, I mean, really, here at ho uh, in my home studio, uh, I've got this uh, Retroverb, Reverb, uh, Vermona Spring Reverb, uh, and I just love to feed stuff out through that. Um, it's it, it's dirty and it's quite nasty, uh, and it, but it just puts so much vibe. Uh, it, it, it's funny it. you should. It's funny you should say that actually, because uh, I, I was recalling, you know, back in the day when I was, you know, involved in recording studios, people get very excited because they would get like a an EMT plate, an original EMT plate, which is the size of kind of the side of a the wall of a, a small uh, room. And I remember um, also <laughs> um, when I was working at Goldfrapp, they have they've got an EMT plate as well, which you know you have to have all these sort of yeah, it's a four person lift, you know, this massive piece of <laughs> piece of hardware. And those things still, you know, people still go for that because it just gives you it's the imperfection, I suppose, because the perfection is 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 repeatable. But when you've got you when you've got an EMT plate, it probably sounds just only like the one you've got and not like anybody else's. It, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think spring springs are like that as well. Springs are just have got this amazing characteristic i i i love springs uh spring reverbs um because everything is just constantly in flux it, it's always different the sound i mean yeah and you great. can experiment really. with different springs as well so you can put different tension springs different length springs all that that's kind of fun i'd imagine you know yeah oh, i wonder whether i should hack mine to make different makes different spring options available it is quite i mean they are quite noisy springs are but um but you know that's the thing about noise i was thinking about this the other day like 
when we were fighting noise, when we were working with tape and there was just no, everything was noisy and you're constantly battling noise. These days, it's almost the opposite. You know, VST instruments are kind of noise free and lots of modern equipment has got relatively low noise. And of course, when we're recording 24 bit with huge dynamic range as well, um, <laughs> noise is no. <laughs> That's what crappy sound cards are for, isn't it? <laughs> but I mean, noise is nowhere near what it used to be like um, in terms of how much you have. You know, so when you actually have a, a, a piece of equipment that is noisy, it, you've got quite a lot of... Um, it's know, unique in its, its own way, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, so the noise can be can be okay. And, and, I've, I, and I'm sure everybody's discovered this as well, that sometimes when you get rid of the noise, it feels like a level of energy is, has been zapped out of the mix. It's sort of... It's sometimes It's interesting, just, though, isn't it? Because, I mean, noise is actually mm. used uh, in, in some, in some constant... I, I mean, is it in dither that it's used? There's a dither noise. There's a, different frequencies are used mm. to mask, and it sort of it can provide yeah. a level of glue across multiple frequencies that is something that you you can't get any other way. I think. Mm. Anyway, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but there you go. Um, so yeah, that's mm. the. Uh, let me just bring that back up again. That's the uh, Eter That's the Cinevibe Eternal. Uh, started that conversation. I think it is. Uh, what does it say? Oh, it doesn't say how much it is there. Let's see. Buy now. Let's see. You get a demo version. Oh, that's Kaleep, Kaleep Collection. Eternal is $29. So, yeah, you need 10.6 or later. It's 32 or 64-bit audio units only at present. Okay, um, let's have a little word from uh, from our sponsors. We'll be getting on to the competition very shortly. So, yeah, this is uh, Isotope Ozone 8. If you haven't been exposed to this, brand new iteration of their classic... Well, it's, I guess it's classic now. Mastering technology, uh, all sorts of new features, really impressive. Master, master Assistant, which enables you to kind of give you a really uh, advanced starting point, depending on what kind of program material you're working on, lots of different ways of choosing. And it uses a machine learning to kind of constantly build and adapt that particular pool of uh, effects. Very, very interesting technology. Tonal balance control, that's something also very interesting, which gives you these kind of displays where uh, the individual band shows you roughly the kind of frequency content range that they work within. You can then tweak the mix and adjust things to kind of match it so that it will sound within that range. It doesn't, it's not a completely tight range, so you've got plenty of uh, ways of manipulating that, and obviously that's, um, you know, to taste. Um, you're also able to control um, external instances or instances of ozone 8 within the same daw session as well as neutron 2 as well so you can actually dynamically ch change and fix the mix between uh, different tracks at, at the mastering point as well which is also very useful to a lot of people uh, i think the other thing is uh, you can uh, compare i think it's up to 11 tracks or a folder full of tracks so you can use in-app references so you can switch and fade between uh, different tracks that you might be trying to aim for that kind of sound Re uh, 10 references there we go really powerful lots of kind of real world use usable features that make the mastering and the uh, tweaking process very very intuitive so if you want to check out ozone Eight, do check out ozone at isotope.com forward slash ozone and uh, you'll be able to check out the whole thing there and we have in fact a competition uh, we asked you last week to uh, tweet the hashtag final 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 master in homage to some of our terrible naming conventions and we have a winner uh, the winner is John P. Patton and his uh, Twitter handle is at jpattonphoto all one word so uh, John if you want to get in touch isotope will be able to bestow a full version of ozone 8 onto your account just uh, let us know and we'll put you in touch with them and we'll say thank you for, to them for providing the prize and we've got another one to give away this week you can win again ozone 8 and we'll look this time we're looking for mastering master which is the first word i'm going for the uh, obviously the doubles here quite a lot so the hashtag mastering master one word and the hashtag ozone 8 with the number 8 at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. If you put that in your tweet, as well as any other stuff, um, you've got 140 characters, and I know Isotope do monitor this stuff. They've got a big um, screen in their recreational area where all this stuff comes past, and they constantly, whenever we see them in person, they say, oh, yeah, we, we do watch that, and it kind of it helps pump up the development team. So you might actually, by entering the competition, be helping speed up the motivation and development cycle of your favourite software. Who knows? So anyway, we thank uh, Isotope for their continued sponsorship of the show, and don't forget win ozone eight uh, at your leisure right here's another one so this was the accidental video this is the ultimate percussion k2x 
which is uh, something I'd never heard of. It's like a kind of uh, Simmons-type analog drum machine, uh, drum synthesizer. And uh, this chap is called. Uh, Hi, my name's Keith. In synthesizer this video, Keith. I'll be doing some work on an ultimate percussion K2X drum module. The client that brought me this drum module also brought me the Simmons unit from a previous video. And just like the Simmons unit, this was manufactured in the UK. So I have to do a power supply conversion from 240 volts to 120 volts. But first, let's look at the front panel. Or not. But it's really interesting, <laughs> this. One, I'd never heard of that particular um, item. It's uh, completely passed right. me by. There's something about analog drums that is just really particularly mm. good. But the other thing is, is uh, Synthesizer Keith then goes on and he's opening up and he's sort of saying, here's what I'm doing. And and it, it, it's, it, it's really fascinating. I don't know what it is. It's quite captivating. Maybe it's just me, but um, it's actually <laughs> really interesting watching people fix things and explain how they're doing it. Even though, you know, I'm never going to need to do that in that particular uh, instance because I've never seen one of those <laughs> units or whatever. But there's a few things that this this might spin off. First of all, uh, analog drums, great news, right? I know you've hmm. got the... Uh, um, yeah, the, the, the Mona DRM. The Mona DRM. Yeah. Are these really rare then, these things? Well, I haven't seen them. I, mean, I don't know. I did find uh, one on sale... Uh, on eBay, which went, uh, this was uh, only on the 5th of November, and it went for 400 quid. So, yeah, I mean, that, that seems quite expensive, because, I mean, my Simmons SDS 6 brain, which is analog, uh, I think it's 6 or maybe 5, I think it's 6, uh, I think I picked that whole kit up uh, with a kit and mm -hmm. everything for about 400 quid. So, yeah, I suppose you could say that that was if I just Hang on, if I just, um, oh, look what I've just found. <laughs> you're joking. Who <laughs> you? <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? Have you had that all this time? Uh, no, uh, it's funny actually. Um, a friend of mine. <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> uh, Greg White, uh, drummer, who I often do a lot of stuff with. Um, it's his, and uh, he's told me about it for a while. Uh, it's this big green machine that he's got. Um, but he showed it me for the first time last week. Um, so when this came up as a topic, I just couldn't help it. I just nipped out to Greg's uh, just to, um, I just went and grabbed it off him. Um, but uh, trigger ins. I'm yeah. going to try it with the Beat Step. The Beat Step Pro should uh, be perfect for this with the, the eight trigger outs and the eight trigger ins on this. Um, the only problem I've got is I haven't got a huge amount of um, quarter-inch jack to uh, mini-jack monos that you need. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So I've got I've got two. Um, but uh, so I think I think that, you know, something like this would almost be, um, I mean, because you, you, you can't do, there's like no velocity on them, is there? No, um, I don't believe. I, um, well, I f I'm not sure if they because some yeah, maybe, Simmons maybe had sort do. of. Pe it's a kind of a pizza trigger, so you you know the trigger. Oh, these is, are pizza triggers. Yeah, so therefore, so you know, do. you would get velocity, yeah, but you won't oh, get yeah, velocity. You, would, you? you don't get velocity not, via the beat step. No, that's what I was getting confused. No, so it probably would do velocity. Um, yeah, I ch but... I check the sensitivity of those before you stick a five volt trigger in them. Oh really. Uh, well, actually, no, I was just thinking about it because I, I demoed, uh, I think I demoed the BeatStep Pro possibly with a Simmons, with my Simmons brain just to sort of show that it worked. And I think that worked okay and it didn't break the uh, the Simmons. So maybe it will be fine, but uh, I'm just thinking. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I think you'll be fine, but I certainly would not commit to that in writing in case I get sued in uh, by your drummer. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the big differences between this and, say, the Evermona is that... Uh, each of the channels are, they're all identical, uh, 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 absolutely identical channels. So you've got eight, um, which is kind of cool in a way because you could have... Eight bass drums. Uh, <laughs> eight, well, you could tune them, couldn't you? You could tune, you could, well, I'm assuming this, I haven't plugged it in yet. Um, but you could do quite decent melodic stuff with it, I think. I'm presuming if you get enough uh, ring out of the um, tone out of them, I suppose. Yeah, so, hold up. Can you hold up to the nice. camera again? Because I'm just curious to see them. Mm. Mm. What do you want? To... It looks yeah. like no. I was just. I, I. I can't really see that actually. To be honest, I tell you what. It reminds uh, me of. It's all right. I'm mm -hmm. sure it's heavy. Don't don't overdo it. Don't hate to be to be <laughs> dropped. It's. It reminds me of one of those old, um, cheap mixers that you used to be able to get in Sec. the. Uh, 
a sack mixer. That's what. I was, yeah. <laughs> it's, that's what it reminds me of too. And it's kind of thin. It's thin yeah, it's like the a thinness, sack. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, God, I remember. I remember chasing a, a sack. Uh, because they came in all different sizes, and I remember SEC made some quite big ones, so you could get a 24-input SEC or even a 32 yeah, yeah. buses and stuff. I mean, they, were, they weren't they were the finest quality. They were very noisy, but it was a question. <laughs> they, were, they were very affordable, I remember. SEC. Uh, so uh, how much was that one of these that you saw for sale? Again, uh, 399 Oh, I'll tell Greg that. Because um, he's no idea if, it, if they got any value at all. Um yeah quite quite fun <laughs> oh there we go look sec 882 ah oh, look at those all of those oh. got, they were they were uh, notoriously unreliable as well they were they they were uh that's the one i remember gosh what's that one that one with blue oh. i remember yeah that's a blue one although it's very hard to tell because it's not a very big uh image Anyway, that's really beside the point. It's got nothing to do with the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, analog drive. But th- that notion, I mean, because I don't know if you have the same phenomenon. It's like watching people gaming, isn't it? Even though you're not playing it, it can be very hypnotic. And, or what I used to, I used to, uh, when I, I may have told the story before, but uh, I used to work in a nightclub and I'd get home really late and I'd be sort of really sort of, you know, quite hyper after doing the band and then packing up and then leaving and, and sometimes a little bit inebriated or whatever. And I had a friend who lived in the basement who was a real nocturnal guy a guy called Aaron and he used to uh be coding the whole time and I used to come back and go down to see him and sometimes he might help me relax with a a, a little bit of extra puff or something like that because about that (laughs) age that I used to do that sort of thing and I used to just sit there and watch him code and sort of I found it really relaxing (laughs) I suppose that's a similar (laughs) sort of thing not the perhaps uh, almost paint drying type stuff but you know once you when you're trying to just fathom it just see patterns in something that's completely chaotic and you know nothing about it's bizarre isn't it yeah, yeah. Just, um, so these these are the British then. These uh, I believe so. Percussion, though, yeah, because he was having a he was doing a conversion from two forty to one twenty, wasn't he? I think in in that yeah. video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I didn't watch that bit though. <laughs> uh, well, is it? I mean, it was interesting, but uh, mm. it just uh, he did actually. He was just sort of saying, oh, look, there is actually tracks in here, and all he had to do was move some pins over, and then he was talking about, well, these components are a bit big, and they're scraping on the inside, so I've got some lower profile. You know, it was just... it was just, all, and, and also, the other thing it made me realise <laughs> is how much work goes into that kind of fix, because you, you just assume, you know, one, one could easily assume that uh, yeah. uh, uh, because gear is so cheap, that it's really easy to fix or really easy and, and you know, labour to fix it should be really cheap. But it's not. It actually takes quite a lot of skill and those things. Anyway, it was a, a bit of a, mm. you know, a side. It's interesting because this week, you know, uh, uh, we've obviously got Cubase 10. It's, there's there's not all that much. We're in that dead spot between now and now and where there's not an awful lot of hardware coming out for us mm-hmm. to kind of gear over. Although, uh, um, let's see what else did we have. Uh, oh, I like this one. Did you see this? This is the uh, Endorphin... Es uh, shuttle system, which yeah. what they've which actually is like a USB host. So there are similar things. You've got the expert sleeper stuff as well. But you can plug an external USB uh, device into it and then map the MIDI controllers to one of uh, it's got sixteen connections, I think, which are, I think are all outputs. And they've now got we MPE. We have a release for your firmware update for shuttle control module. It is significant update, and besides the small improvements, it received MPE support. MPE I don't stands know. For more- I, in my mind, this the person, the the the, the lady who's doing this is the uh, is the endorphins model who is extremely photogenic, and uh, there's low. They they post, they put all these posters up on their booths and stuff, and she uh, she's got an amazing face actually, and that that so they mm. use her in all their promo. There's no reason other than I think she's the uh, girlfriend of the guy who designs it, but she just she 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 gives good photo definitely. So uh, um, in maybe my mind, it's her doing the video. Maybe it's her who's a designer though. Uh, I'm not sure because I think I was at Superbooth and uh, she was there as ah. well because Endorphins was showing and she was sitting mm-hmm. on her phone just looking extremely, extremely bored. <laughs> so I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure that she was. I mean, she may be. Um, I, but anyway, but mm-hmm. th- this is this is actually quite a big deal because up to now it's quite difficult to to utilize this MPE stuff into analog world. I mean, it can be done. I mean, there are ways, but this is yet another step mm-hmm. in the. In yeah. the 
that means it's actually more straightforward and more simple to do. And the idea of this USB host thing, and I think that's kind of, mm. I think there's a there's a there's a lot of room for a growth here. I don't know what you think about that. Ah, uh, definitely, it's been one of my pet sort of peeves really for a long time. The how slow. Uh, the adoption of USB hosting has, especially with things like the Roly and with the, um, you know, all the promise of MPE. Um, I think one of the reasons, uh, one of the reasons why I was really attracted to the, uh, the, the, the touche um, is that it's got MIDI DIN and CV on there. So, you know, you're not having to, you know, you're not stuck with a USB. Uh, I mean, I know this is MPE as well as USB hosting, but I mean, USB hosting should be standard now on a lot of kit, and it's still not. Um, I wonder. If, I wonder why that of... is. I wonder why that is, Gad. Do you think hmm. it's? I, I mean, because I'd imagine it's the difficulty of in a, making sure that when you plug something into it, that yeah, it it, it hooks up right, and because there must be an awful lot of um, code that has to go on and go are you this are you that if you're this do that if you're that I, I wonder what it is i mean sorry to interrupt yeah no no i'm sure it is i'm sure it's i'm sure it's complicated but i reckon probably most of it is just code you can just uh import in you know sort of um but i, mean, I don't know anything about this so all the developers out there just going oh if you only knew um retro kits the uh the really groovy company that we've done some stuff with in the past uh they've got some quite interesting solutions for um for hosting in fact very cool very very cool is and i'm just doing this myself actually um in the next few days uh looking for it there is an image on the retro kits website of a, a raspberry pi um well, basically, it's like a Raspberry Pi uh, image to to turn a Raspberry Pi into a, a, a MIDI USB uh, host. Ah, so, okay. Mm, so, you know, Raspberry Pi, well, that's going to cost you like 20-odd quid or something. Uh, just so you can plug a USB port into it, yeah. You can, Yes, so then it's a quite nice way of maybe integrating something like an op1 or some other device that has uh only got usb ports on that's what i'm that's what i'm going to mostly use it for is just to bring my op1 into my midi world without having to use a, a usb the well or rather using the usb connection but just to just to turn it into and, and in fact in that that case that uh that retro kits thing works with their rk004 which is a little very clever little MIDI USB uh, device that, uh, sorry, yeah, you know, it's a multi, multi-port multi MIDI device. Um, that's this guy, one of the things that's Oh, yeah, and this thing is brilliant. This as well, it's got like, it's got the little mini jacks on there so that it can output sync pulse. But if you don't want to use those mini jacks as a sync pulse, it's actually got a very basic pulse width modulator modulatable synth inside it that's called the bat synth excellent after yours truly <laughs> um but that that little box is really useful though because it auto senses whether it's a midi in or a midi out so you can just just literally put it into your system plug everything up and it'll just uh, root midi automatically i mean you can configure it if you want more uh more control but um so essentially you could use it as a you know if you want to feed multiple ins into, you know, if you've got a bunch of uh, keyboards or, or whatever and feeding it into one place or or taking one... Oh, so it'll merge it or to... it'll split or it'll root. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I think it'll also, it, it'll, also, it'll also do, you know, input one to inputs two and three and input two to outputs three, you know, that sort of stuff as well, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, and that's, that's uh, very useful. Yeah, and then there's just a little jumper USB cable that you connect it to a Raspberry Pi. In fact, there's a little slot at the bottom of it that'll host a Raspberry Pi Zero uh, that you can run that software on again. So actually have it all mounted into the same unit as well. Um, so yeah, just uh, well worth well worth checking out if you've got sort of peculiar MIDI requirements. Uh, it's a, it's a clever it's a clever little it's bot, interesting that i mean a couple of people have said in the in the uh the chat room actually um that uh one of the problems about using um 
MPE is, 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 you know, to record it and then have it play back, it's just such a nightmare uh, because you're editing all these kind of different streams of MIDI. Someone needs to come up with a plugin hmm. that makes the editing of MIDI streams per note much more simple so you can just look at it and go, right, this is this note and these are the... Yeah, the so you well, have I mean, slider values for each note, all that kind of stuff. It just, it's, Cubase, is, it's, it's Cubase has got that, though. It's had that for a few iterations now uh, where you just can click on an individual MIDI note and it'll pop open a window and... So it works very, very well for MPE devices because it means that rather than having all these lanes and it being very confusing, it's per note expression. So it just literally can click on a note and have this window open. So it, uh, okay. I, I, I think, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think they've really got that side of things down. But um, I think the, the others, the uh, the others could do with catching up with that a little bit really uh, apparently I, I think... uh, sorry lady aptitude just said uh that bit we um that they're going to be announcing uh an mpe standard at midi are going to be announcing an mpe standard at nam 2018 that's definitely one to watch that's a top two ah, so that could be very useful right. I guess. yeah mm. and uh, of course we've got git bevan to uh thank for a lot of this uh mpe stuff because he's worked tirelessly really to um to develop and promote that idea and you know and Geert is um he's a very talented man we've had him on the show haven't we uh he's, yeah um, yeah he is a very smart cookie and yeah he is he wrote the firmware for the the instrument which of course is a, a a super mpe device um and um also he, he's done the moog model 15 and various other bits and bobs yeah. and, and and what's nice with those apps is that they are natively support MPE, um, which obviously with Geert's um, involvement. Uh, but just to seeing it become a standard and seeing it, uh, you know, a wider a wider uptake of it, I think, uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Because when you do play with an MPE device, and I'm sure anyone who's played with a Roly Seaboard will be able to relate to this, and absolutely the case with the instrument too, it's that instruments just feel that much more alive, you know. They just, uh, and I get this with my MIDI bass too. You know, when I've got the the four strings, the the pitch bends all being independent on each string, it just means it just gives it much more of a live instrument feel. Um, yeah, it's like a visceral thing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was just, I, I keep forgetting to do this, but I really should plug our own uh, instrument as well uh, Wave Junction Max for Live Synth, uh, which. Now that we've got uh, deeper integration, or will have soon with Ableton Live, will be even more interesting. So uh, this is Wave Junction. It's got a couple of oscillators, uh, three multi-mode filters. You can run in series or parallel, plus uh, two two in parallel and one on the output. Uh, Twelve slot modulation matrix, uh, five envelopes, five LFOs, uh, up to four voice, four voice uh, paraphony. And it's capable of some great sounds. We've got wavetable synthesis. We've got all these different sort of modes for the oscillators. All of this stuff that you're hearing now is actually just done in the bit uh, in Wave Junction, obviously, apart from the drums. Uh, if you want to get one, uh, you need Ableton Live. Uh, Bitly slash Wave Junction will get you to uh, a 10% discount. You can use the code WJTalk17. Uh, so 10% off. So uh, I know it's an extra couple of quid, but it's only 20 quid. So it's not exactly going to break the bank. But if you are into Ableton Live, you've got Max for Live. Uh, do check it out because it really does kind of give you that kind of whole instrument thing. Anyway, just wanted to plug that too. Available now. Anyway, um, right. Uh, what else have we got? We've got a few more. To- Any of the remaining ones uh, are uh, ones that you would like particularly like to talk about, Gaz, because uh, we've got a couple oh, here that we haven't got to. Sorry. The list. Let's just have a look at the list. Um what do you think about the uh, modular effects? Is that something that's uh, of interest? It it's it is interesting. If are they? Could you do it as like a standalone or? Um, uh, well, this this it, guy, you, I'll, I'll right. play it. Synthetic hmm. sound. Play it, yeah. I think this this is the effects capacitor, which has uh, DSP effects in it. But what's interesting about it is this is actually a five U, so it's even more uh, unlikely to be. Uh, you're less likely to have a case for it. But what is really mm. cool about it is the idea of being able to modulate all of this stuff in real time and be able to kind of actually get hands-on. Because usually when you're modulating and messing around with effects, you get all sorts of glitching because of the way that uh, the data, the algorithms are punched on the fly. So I'm not sure whether this is kind of unique to that degree. 
Oh, yeah. I'm not sure that the algorithms are especially, you know, unique, but it's just the fact that you can... The, the ability to tweak it so much in real time is what I really like. I... I, I... And how much can you patch it with? You can patch. There's a lot of uh, inputs on there, is there as well for control? Uh, I'm just. Voltage. Let me just go and grab that. That's synthetic sound labs. Mm. Hold on, I'm. I'm I, I, you've caught me a bit unawares there because I don't <laughs> think I have the page. I, I. For some reason, I didn't think we'd ever get um, to it. But it's been on the list for an, a, a while, and we've always had more to talk about than uh, synthetic sound labs. Let's have a look here. Uh, so synthetic sound labs uh that's the effects capacitor model 1350 so what's it got it's got uh oh yeah look we've got uh signal in cva b and c so we've got a b and c uh different feedback loops and then i think ah right and then we've got the ability to uh modulate those particular parameters which i'm guessing you must um they must be parameters. Mm. I'm not sure what they exactly are. So that's difficult for me to answer that. 399, uh, it's 5U. I'm guessing, you know, it'd be fairly easy for them to put that into just a direct uh, Eurorack mm. format as well at some point in the future. And also, then you could... Because I, I really like the idea, and I think there's room for these mm. kind of single... You know, because I've got this clouds... Um, the, 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 the brilliant Sonic Talk 500... Uh, mm -hmm. commemorative cloud thing. I love to put that in just a little kind of box, standalone box, so it's its own thing, and uh, rather than have to pull out the entire modular and stick it in the, you know, that's that's what I kind of like. They like the idea of bit, having it as a single purpose. I mean, kind of mm. a bit like what Coma have done with the field kit, and uh, more more recently, what was the other thing that they did, which was the effects field kit effects. You know, so you've just got yeah. this little self-contained, modulatable mm. kind of uh, effects thing. I yeah. just think it's a really good idea. Yeah, and I think we're going to see a load of more interesting effects coming out soon. I, I'm convinced about it. I think it's uh, this because uh, there was a time that external effects units were, you know, almost uh, you know VST effects or whatever. Well, the only replaced. way to go. I mean, because now we can process in yeah. real, almost in real time through hard through mm. DSP. But I mean, one of the real joys of the uh, Behringer Deep Mind synth is the uh, is the way that the um, that the that the effects are integratable into the synth engine. So you can, you know, run the LFOs. You can do all sorts of stuff with the effects, with the the patchability of it, and um, at just integrating a you know effects within that sort of synthesizer. Yeah, oh, that's uh, true. Mm. You, can, you, can mod, you can modulate for effect parameters using LFOs yes. or envelopes or note values or sequences and stuff, and that that really yeah. that's one of the more powerful features of it. You're right there, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, so, actually, having effects an, an effect unit with lots of CV control makes makes perfect sense. So, I mean, this thing looks really good, and I, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm still desperately resisting being pulled into i you know euro rack or uh, as much as that. although to be honest if i was going to build a euro rack it would be to build an external effects unit really as opposed to a synthesizer and uh, okay here, all right i've got a question for you guys at what point does it does it stop being a euro rack module is and and you know say you've got something like this just in a mm -hmm. box say it was in euro rack format and it's mm -hmm. just a single box with its own power supply. Same with the Pittsburgh uh, um, uh, single voice thing as well, SV, SV1, SV2. Mm -hmm. Is that Eurorack or is that just a little modular synth desktop synth? Or maybe the Zero Coast? Is that Eurorack or is that, you know, what, at what point does it, you know, where's the line that you would draw? It's having empty rack slots, isn't it? That's the <laughs> that that's the danger, isn't it? I mean, because empty every time you look at it, and those empty, you're gonna be just fantasizing how to fill those rack slots up, and then once it's full, you're gonna be hunting out another rack. Then, and I just think it's that it's that it's when when you've got a something that's uh, enclosed, like the like the um, the no coast, then it's just you know, it's just a single purchase, isn't it? Even though yeah, it's Yeah, that's true. I see what you mean. Well, I, I mean, because you could I, argue that the Volkers and all of the other little things that you have are essentially similar yeah, in concept, but, that, but yeah. they just don't happen yeah. to fit in a rack system, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. So, I mean, I think it's just more for my, um, for my mental health, really, I think. <laughs> I think I, I, I get insanely excited about 
pieces of kit and stuff and you know and modding my system it just feels like you're a rack i would just i would just explode i think i think it would just be too much to uh to comprehend and uh <laughs> but i mean that's just me but um uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can see the point. I, I can see a, a point where Eurac essentially becomes a term like MIDI. You know, mm-hmm. you get a MIDI module, you get a Eurac module, and it's just it represents the busing between the various parts. They don't have to be physically in the same place. So you just end up with a mm-hmm. Eurac, you know, because you end up with these de- lots of lots of little desktop synths coming out. I mean, even Endorphin, yeah. the Endorphin Shuttle. Uh, system i forget what it, um ed did a great review of it which also has that that, that the endorphin shuttle actual usb controller as part of it but you know it also has a voice and that's a self-contained it comes in a little sort of uh, mm. i don't know what they call them a boat or you know so so it, it, it it's self-contained you can't put anything else in it i suppose you could take things out and put other things in it and that's the danger i suppose isn't it if it's not user serviceable yeah. in any way maybe that's the condition that you need to <laughs> it needs to fulfill the criteria right <laughs> yeah uh, but i mean you know i have eyed up things like the um dreadbox have been offered i don't know if they still are the but Hades, they were offering yeah. some oh no 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 uh, rack units that where it's like Eurorack, but but fully like a, a fully populated Eurorack system. Um, I can't remember what they were called, but they had a few. I don't know if they're still if they're still doing them. Um, where all of the slots are filled, so they are you know so essentially that is a a one off purchase. Um, but yeah. <sighs> I nearly did it years ago because in Bristol there's a shop, a funny little synth shop called Emis. It's been here oh, for yeah. years and years and years. The legendary and Andrew Emis. Emis, yes. And he and it's um uh it's uh it's how his name. Yeah, Andy Andrew Andy Emis. Emis. Um I oh, uh, I, okay. I visited him uh, several years ago. I thought his name was Andy Hor- Andy Horrell, I thought his name was. Oh maybe not. Oh maybe you're right. I thought it was just Andy Emis. <laughs> But Emis is funny in that it was really the first place, I don't know, in Britain, possibly in Britain. It's um, the first dope for dealer, could get for sure. Yeah. Dope for dealer, yeah, it's dope for. And they've been running a like a modular club for years there. Um, and they would have like little Christmas get-togethers and make uh, Christmas carols on their synths and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really uh, nice idea. Uh, <laughs> but um but i mean that was like in the time when no one nowhere else was doing it and um he's he's still in business still got his little shop it's an old school um i think we've talked about it before because upstairs emis is just the most astonishing collection of synthesizers he's got up there um like a, he's got a little synth museum there that's really really impressive <laughs> um but yeah, that little synth club. They, I don't know if they still do it, but if you remember, you get cheaper. You can buy cheaper modules um, if you're if you're if you're a member of the of the little club. There. Oh yeah, that's um, right. Hold on, here we go. Look, uh, twenty years of representing dope for product. This is such a cracking nineteen nineties website. You know, DTP. It's like his... going back in time, but like going to the shop is the same. It's like it really, you know, for it being like synths, it really does feel quite. Uh, retro <laughs> oh that's awesome. um synth repair yeah. repair effect used oh let's have a look synth that's the, the used stuff they got a lot of used stuff wow look at that all of that 90s ro- all that rack stuff, stuff that hates. you just se- uh, 75 quid proteus one roland d110 <laughs> 70 75 quid for a d110 that is a oh wow hold on a minute this is dangerous whoa <laughs> what else have we got here Oh my lord! There's th- these are oh Moog Mother Thirty Two. That's that's the that's a used one. Gosh, that is uh, mm. something. Oh god, I keep looking now. Let's see what else has he got. <laughs> I mean, it's always uh, K- good fun Kawhi K One Mark Two, hundred and forty nine pounds. Good lord! Micro preset two four nine. What? That's what I started on. One of those. I rented it oh, from. Uh, cool, I rented that. That is what I, I rented one oh, of those from my them. local music shop. I mean, it sounded dreadful, but um, has it got oh, rhythms? They're not, they're cool, has it got rhythms are. in it? Has it got rhythms? I can't tell what that is. No, that's a, like a edit matrix. Good lord, hundred and forty nine quid. Yeah. I might have to go and buy that. Hundred and forty nine. Yeah, I think that's what it says. Oh no, two uh, oh, two four two, two four, four nine. nine. 
that's still not bad. Yeah. Oh, has he got no, no, one word? Good. Oh my. Uh, anyway, I'm getting <laughs> well distracted there. Yeah. But, oh, okay. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Anyway, Gaz, I, I think we've probably re, 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 reached the, the end of our uh, our potential mm. here today. But I, I want to say thank you for being game for being the only other dude in the uh, in the on the show. No, it's grand. It's a pleasure. And um, I just want to plug. I've got a new video that I've just put up on my Gaz Williams YouTube channel. That's uh, it's all about my. Uh, new album the lawn so just and that's the last i'll mention of it now uh, hold on i'm <laughs> so see if i can find it now oh banging God. on and on about it i made a little um i made a little micro version of the album as well where i've made it um uh like a like short little pieces to so if you want to have a little overview of it um, okay i will check i'm just yeah. sort of Oh, I haven't got time. I've got the bandwidth to get the search box right, but yeah, just that's get, all right. Search it's, Gags Williams uh, on YouTube. It's you'll be able yeah. to find it very easily. For yeah, sure. yeah. Please do, please do. Yeah, that's cool because we've got these. Um, where is it? Oh, here. Ta da! So that's our vinyl. But we've just got these a special edition. They've got nice little inserts and they've got little. Uh... Is that a, f- a cracked phone screen on the front? Ah, nearly. So what happened here, Andy, the guitarist, who's also the designer, he dropped his AC30 onto his MacBook Pro and he, he and, and destroyed his MacBook Pro. And the job he was doing at the time was uh, coming up with a design for the album cover. So he had the wherewithal to, to take a photo of the MacBook Pro screen just before it died. And this is, this is just the the macbook pro screen and these weird lines were just some sort of strange pixels um it all stopped doing that after a while so that's, oh, that's just awesome. a straight stra- and uh and it cut and then the album's called the lawn and the next day he was driving through devices and he just passed a house that was called the lawn and that's actually a photograph of the house name wow the lawn <laughs> wow okay so, that that is so that is a concept worthy of a concept album right <laughs> yeah. and it's um yeah it's just like you know instead of it taking ages to design it it just came out of like two two sort of random incidents really but i think that's quite a cool cover really isn't it looks, yeah looks i like nice. that that's mm. good yeah all right, guys, thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Don't forget, if you want to uh, enter the Isotope competition, uh, I will show you the details right now. What you've got to do is, uh, using Twitter, you tweet the hashtag MasteringMaster, the hashtag Ozone8 with the letter 8, uh, to at SonicState and at Isotope Inc., and that will get you entered into the competition. Uh, stay tuned. Um, we will be having, uh, first of all, I'm going to do uh, at some point in the near future a review of the SH10A. SH01A, which I have to say, I did, I do think is a is a great format for the boutique. And also, I've just finished the review of the Mad Russian synth, which is the uh, Lyra Eight organismic Yee-hee! organismic synthesizer. Oh, which I think is awesome. Can't, I can't wait to see that review. I am. Um, well, it's it's ready. I, I actually I actually played it at the beginning of the show um, before we ah. were actually live. So just as you came on, it was the tail end of mm. what that was, which was uh, so. Yeah, I I, I will. Uh, it will be out there soon. Anyway, that's it. Thank you very much for watching. We'll see you next time. Take care.